There they go. Chaos theory. My man Wags and Double R. Rodney Rodriguez doing a great job as always. It's your boy Harbaugh Harge. Welcome to another edition of Hanging with Harge right here on the Texas Sports Unfiltered Network. You can follow us on Twitter at TS Unfiltered and you can follow us on Instagram at Texas Sports Unfiltered as well. We love it when you're a part of the show. So hurry up and get your questions in because we're going to have a special guest coming up with us in just a moment. Hit us on the code of text line 512 512, excuse me, 512 222 9328. That's 512 222 9328. And of course, hit the like, subscribe, do everything you can and tell five friends to tell five friends and tell five enemies. Hey, if you don't want to hear me or you do want to hear me and make fun of me, make sure you follow us at Texas Sports Unfiltered. As you know, the World Series is right around the corner. We have a lot to get into. The Arizona Diamondbacks will be traveling to Arlington. Both teams went to a game seven, and they both came out victorious. And I am so excited about the World Series. Obviously, we got Texas football coming up this weekend. And Texas State, the Bobcats, who are one game away, one win away, from being bowl eligible. So we'll talk to Tevin Mims about that as well. But before we get started, I want to thank all the sponsors that are a part of this show. And I want to start the show off by talking about Covert BK. That's right. You heard the story this morning. Uh, Bucky and BK were talking about being out at Covert tomorrow. And you can get out there and have a free lunch. And my man, Storman Norman Watkins will be there and you get a chance to break bread with him and talk a little bit of football. But Cobra Bee Cave is nestled on 42 acres in a beautiful hill country. Cobra Bee Caves has three new state-of-the-art dealerships carrying seven brands, Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, <clears throat> and Ram. In addition to those brands, you got Cobra Ford in uh, Hutto and of course, Ford Lincoln in Austin. Covert BKs has something for everyone. They service all makes and models with 86 service bays throughout. Your wait time will be minimal. Please visit CovertBeeCave.com for the latest specials and inventory or stop by and just go out there and see them and make sure you're out there on Friday to meet my man Stormin Norman Watkins. He's definitely going to be somebody that you would like the conversation with. As they always tell you, no one beats a covert deal. Not now, not ever. Well, he's a former major leaguer. He's a 2001 uh, World Series winner with the Arizona Diamondbacks. He's a lifetime Longhorn who is number number 21, has been retired. He's won every possible award in college as a pitcher, played 17 seasons in the MLB. He played with Cleveland, Cincinnati, the Astros, the Twins, the Red Sox, and, of course, the champions of uh, Major League Baseball, the Diamondbacks, in 2001. He is the legendary Lifetime Longhorn. My man, Greg Zeke Swindell. Zeke, what's <laughs> happening, baby? What's up? I I'm see going you old said school. you going to come on with the jersey. I'm going old school. <laughs> <laughs> First and foremost, congratulations to your squad, man. I know you've been really following this close. You were talking about uh, doing a fantasy camp out there and how everything was going to be a little bit different if they got to the World Series. Looks like things are going to be different, my man. Yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, this team really, they, they fought hard. I went out this summer and did nine radio games uh, right after the All-Star break, and it's not the same team that I did. It was a nine-game uh, road trip. They went two and seven, and just the bullpen was in shambles. The hitting wasn't doing much, and they just fell flat. And um, they 
figure things out. Got a couple young arms come up from AAA. Got positions figured out. And the biggest thing for the Diamondbacks down the stretch was uh, the bullpen. The bullpen now is, is pretty solid and uh, it's pretty solid, just like the Rangers. So uh, both bullpens are going to be great. But D-backs got it figured out, and they won two in Milwaukee. They won two against L.A. in L.A., and then went to Philly and won two. So uh, they didn't get there by luck. No doubt about it. And that's funny that you say that because you and I were talking about it earlier uh, in the season, and then we talked about it last week. And this team just has no quit in them, no matter what the situation is. is and it goes back to their manager, Tori Lavala, and him talking about we didn't drop, we didn't fly all the way across here to get our ass kicked. And then they go out there and they perform at a very high level. I was one of those guys that were looking at the Phil, I mean the Phillies and looking at them as bruisers and playing bully ball and the way that they were going about it. But I told people last week, I said the first home run that they had somebody on was last week with Rio Moto. He hit a two-run homer. That was the only big home run that they ever had in all of those situations. And with the excitement of it, you took the Philly fans out of it. That's That has to be pretty damn cool when you're in those situations. Oh, it is. I mean, the, the only way to, to shut 55,000 people up is is to, be, to beat them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kurt, Kurt Schilling said that in 2001. He said, "Not no better feeling than going into Yankee Stadium and hearing it quiet. Because you're, well, it wasn't quiet because they beat us all three games in New York. But he still he still said it, and it, it proves positive. And they yeah, the they shut the big boys down in games uh, six and seven. The, the Diamondbacks did for Philly, and that was the that was the story because those guys were hitting. And like you said, there wasn't many guys on base when they hit the home run, so that that usually does not hurt you. But it was an impressive series, and for that team to go in and do that, they it's almost like they, they don't know any better. Right. <laughs> they don't know any better, but they're but they're playing good baseball. They did the small things. They did the small things. Miss, maybe missed a cutoff man once or twice, but other than that, they they played pretty good against Philadelphia, and it's it's going to be exciting. It'd be exciting World Series, no doubt. And to your point about what you said about those big bats that Philly had, they held them to a one for twenty eight in games <laughs> six and seven. That's that Schwarber going one for five. Turner going 0 for 8, uh, Harper going 0 for 7, and Castellanos, who was on fire heading into this deal, he he got shut down pretty much the entire time, and he went 0 for 8 in those two games for a combined 1 for 28. You yeah, talked about was, that. Yeah, he, Castellanos was 1 for 24 in the series. Yeah. So a guy coming in swinging the bat well, you shut him down also at, towards the bottom of that lineup. Yeah, that was, that was huge. And going back to that pitching, you got some young guys. You brought it up. They brought some young R's in. They went and got a guy, uh, Merrill Kelly, that was pitching in Japan and was pitching overseas. And he comes out, and he was really getting a hard time early, uh, his first start in Philly. And then he uh, comes back and pitches an unbelievable game. Didn't want to go out. I text you when you were taking him out of the game. And I'm like, what are they doing? They're not even (laughs) close to getting him out. No, it was uh, uh, he's a guy who said that – he pitched in, in the World Baseball Classic for Team USA. So this guy's he's been there. He's been he's put his dues in. He's pitched well. And yeah, when they took him out of that game, it's almost it's, they took the, the kid out too in Arizona. He went yeah. four innings and struck out eight. It's like, what are we doing here? You want to yeah. let them go as long as you can. But when you have the bullpen that Arizona has had the last month, you're not afraid to go to it. Um, sure, a starting pitcher, you're you're not going to be happy to come out of a game, especially a playoff game like that. So 
Um, he did well. They all ended up doing well, and I couldn't be more proud of them. Hopefully, hopefully they're going to be. <laughs> hopefully they'll be host, hoisting that. One of the, that one of the teams, it'll, it'll, be the second, it'll be the second for Arizona and be the first for Texas. So it's going to be great. That is awesome. So let me ask you that. Okay, bring that back into the picture, man. Bring we brought all the props. We got all the props. Oh my God! So did y'all get? Does every player get one of those when you win the no, championship? No, this is a it's a three quarter size. There's only one uh, main trophy, and the team keeps it. So um, you you can buy them. We had to buy them. It wasn't cheap. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't cheap. It's made from Tiffany's, but after 15 years. It was well worth it. <laughs> no doubt about it. We got uh, former major leaguer Greg Swindell, who actually won a championship game seven matchup against the uh, New York Yankees when the Yankees were in their run. Uh, Luis Gonzalez with the base hit up the middle. Was that the bloody sock game with Kirk Schilling too? He was in he was in Boston when he when he did the bloody. Oh, sock. that's right. That is right. And that, that's right. that's a true story. I know Kurt. And he. It's true. It wasn't made up. <laughs> it wasn't made up there. A lot of so people we'll thought it was about, made up. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk about the experience of being in the in the World Series. What are these guys going through? What are the angst and, and all the thought process as you prepare? Because I brought this up yesterday, uh, Greg. I said, when you're a kid, you're playing in your backyard. This is mm-hmm. what, and you're a baseball player. You think about these days. I'm in the World Series. I'm getting a big strikeout. And then all of a sudden you are actually achieving those goals, those goals that you've set out to be a part of. And now you're getting a chance to possibly get hoist one of those trophies. How awesome is that? It's it's such a, it's a long wait. Uh, 703 tomorrow is just, it takes forever for it to get there. And you're anxious. I think Arizona went back to Arizona and then they're flying to Arlington probably today or sometime. Um, it's just a lot. You're, you're really ready to go. I mean, especially the way these two teams have been playing. They've only had a couple of days off. We had a week off in between our series uh-huh. in 2001. So we had a couple of inter-squad games in, in, at Bank One. So um, you realize the situation once the national anthem starts and you're out there. And then you get your name called if you're in the bullpen. Um, I mean, I got on the mound the first time. I finished game one in 2001, and I just – I kind of looked around and, and, and took in the moment yep. and then I pitched in game three and five in New York. And that was, um, that's what really took me back. I mean, that was, that was crazy. And especially after nine 11, but it's, it's such a, a, a wonderful experience to one, to be there to one for each player individual. You want to play well. I mean, you don't want to go out there and lay an egg. So you, you want to play well, whether you win or lose. Um, it's it's up to exactly you and your teammates, but each each of these teams is going to be excited. You'll see a lot of energy. Um, I'm sure Globe Life is going to be really loud, and so will Chase Field when they get to Arizona. Um, you got to keep your emotions in. You got to got to try to do that because it is it's the biggest stage. You are the only two teams playing, and you know that everybody in the world is watching. No, but that's no. the part you got to you got to set out. It's once you get out there, it, it's still baseball. And if you can control your emotions, and I remind people all the time, just breathe. Just remember yeah. to breathe. <laughs> That's what I was talking about the other day. It's like the people with the perfect heart rate that understand what the situation is. And then you got those guys that are like shaking every time. Please don't hit the ball to me. Please don't hit the ball yeah. to me. But at this point, these guys have gone through it. They've been through those moments. And now, to your point, you can't wait for 7 o'clock. Let's talk about the matchup. You know, you sit here and you look at it. 
player for player. Obviously, the Rangers had six all-stars this year. Um, the Arizona Diamondbacks have some guys that were all-stars, but they're not big-name guys. A lot of people are going to know who Corbin Carroll is immediately <laughs> because he's that talented for the Diamondbacks. The pitching staff is going to be great. You got Zach Gellin going against uh, Uval Nathan Uvalde in game one. That's an exciting matchup as well. So what, leading into this game, what are your expectations from both teams? Well, I think um, Uvalde, he's, he's pitched well in the playoffs. On the other end, uh, Zach Gallon, he struggled early, but he's been able to fight his way and go five and six innings. But for Zach Gallon, he's got get off to a, a good start. I always say that he struggled early. And if he can get off to a good start and give you some a fresh couple of first innings where you're not fighting from behind. Um, mm -hmm. And on the other side, Uvalde, like I said, he's, he's thrown the ball really well. Um, got brought out of a game uh, against the Astros because they were they were winning, and then so, so he's he's a guy who's going to be a power pitcher. He's, he's fun to watch because he's very energetic out there. Gallon on the other side is um, more of a you know the, that resting heart rate. You can't tell if he's winning or losing or giving it up. So um, it's that's that's a great matchup. But for Texas, they got to they got to keep the bats going. I mean, obviously they're they're a good hitting team, and for for Arizona, um, just a fresh, a, a good, clean start of that ball game, and then because Gallon has has struggled, like I said, early in the game, so he needs to to get out there and give his team um, an opportunity early to to get a lead. And then you talk about the back end of the bullpens, both sides. Leclerc, Jose Leclerc, has done a really good job for the Texas Rangers. He's been in coming in in the ninth inning, and then you look at what. Diamondbacks were able to do to go get Paul Seawald, who yeah. has been unbelievable in that back end. I, I, I brought up the stat yesterday. He's pitched in every ninth inning in seven of his appearances in yeah. the ninth inning. He has 11 strikeouts and zero runs. Um, when you got a guy that's coming in at the back end, that's that's what you're looking for. That's Mariano Rivera stuff. That's that that back end closer. But on the other hand, you got to look at those guys that are leading up to getting to the ninth inning. Araldis Chapman, I don't know what you're going to get from him because he may throw 104 and hit it's you. It's going to be hard. <laughs> <laughs> or he might throw 97 on the black, and you're just like, who is this guy? You never know what you're going to get. And kind of the same thing in the other side for, for the Diamondbacks. Who has the better bullpen at this point? Oh, man. Um, I mean, I, I give the edge right now to, to the Diamondbacks. I know, I know Clark's throwing good. Spores is throwing good. For, for the Rangers, but um, Kevin Ginkle was lights out in, in game seven, and he's been lights out. When, when they got him back fresh, the Arizona, that's what made that that bullpen rotation. Because you have a rotation in the bullpen just like a starting rotation. Yeah. He, was, he sets up Seawald, and now you got Seawald where another spot for Arizona was struggling early in the season, and now he's solidified that. But um, LeClerc's good. I think he needs to stick with the fastball. He's been, yep. He gives it up on the slider and the changeup. I mean, that's what Altuve hit off of him a couple of times, that, that changeup. So stick with that 98, 99-mile-hour fastball from the side and, and go after him. That's going to get a lot more people out. I know you have to throw the other stuff, but yeah. I, I like I like the heat. I like to throw the heat. So that's bullpens are both good. The starters, starters but Arizona found that the kid fought. Now he's, he's only gone four and five innings, but he's getting the strikeouts and He's making a name for himself. So both teams have three quality starting pitchings as well. 
No doubt. And we're sitting here talking to Greg Swindell. And Greg, I wanted to ask you too, you know, you look at position player to position player. There, I mean, Adolis Garcia with what he did in the in the playoffs and being coming to ALCS MVP. You look at Cattell uh, Marte, who's been playing unbelievable. He was the MVP. But you look across and you look at Corey Seager. I think this is a big, big moment for him. I think this is an opportunity. He is probably, I think he, from what I saw, I think he might be the only one that has actually played in the playoffs in the Gilf because he was part of the Dodgers when they won the World <laughs> Series. And he just happened to be the MVP of the World Series that time when the Dodgers won. So across the field, this is going to be player for player because there's a lot of talent on both of these teams. It is. I mean, Josh Young, I mean, he's having, he's having a great year, and he's not doesn't look like the moment's too big for him. I mean, right. he's it, the Red Raiders going out there and getting the job done across the infield. I mean, at second. They're a good team. I mean, obviously they're a good team. They lost both these teams lost over a hundred games a couple years ago, yeah. and now look where they are. So um, Arizona, Corbin Carroll is going to be a rookie of the year in the National League. They got speed. Uh, Gurriel's been having a, a good playoff in, in left. Um, Christian Walker hadn't been hitting for anything, but he's a go a go Glover at first. And I, I love Gabriel Marina. I love the catcher for Arizona back there. He can throw guys out. He's not big, but he just gets after it. And he hadn't played much in the big leagues. But but Heem is a Heem Heim. Um, <laughs> Texas though, they, they got some some monsters. They're they're ready to go. They're ready to swing the bat. And I I just I'm ready to get this thing going. As you can tell right now, I can't <laughs> wait till seven o'clock tomorrow night. <laughs> I love it. I love the energy. I love that's what it's talking about. So before I let you go, I mean, I'm not going to put you in the position to say that your Diamondbacks are going <laughs> to win because I can already see it on your shirt, buddy. I know what you're representing. You're in a win-win situation <laughs> because you were like, no matter what, a team from Texas is going to be in the World Series. I know you're disappointed that your Strohs didn't get there, but now you got your team, team that you won a World Series with, and now you get a chance to watch them in your home state. How cool is that, my friend? It, it is. I mean, it, it's amazing. It's been really good to do it in my home city, but yeah. um, <laughs> Astros going to get it done. It's, it's going to be beautiful. I mean, second time the Diamondbacks have made it in their 25 years. Um, hopefully we'll get their second. And if, if they don't, the Rangers will get their first. And that, that's the great thing about it. Um, a lot of those guys have played a while. Um, yep. Some have only been in big leagues a little bit, but for everyone, um, it's going to be a great time. And, and whoever gets a chance, an opportunity to hoist the big one and possibly buy the smaller trophy. It's, it's, it's a once in a lifetime chance for some people. And I, I just, um, I wish them luck. And um, I, I still enjoy it 22 years later. <laughs> I, I, and I enjoy it for you, man. I was, when you broke that little trophy out. I'm like, hold yeah. up, man. That is it's, it's right here. It doesn't go anywhere. That is called <laughs> breakfast at Tiffany's, my man. I like that right there. It, it, it came in the blue bag with the white gloves and everything. Oh, that is so awesome, man. Yeah. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I'll be talking to you throughout these playoffs. I mean, through this World Series. Be, be prepared to answer some of my texts because I'm sure I'm going <laughs> to have some questions on some of these managerial moves uh, in these situations. Those things those things get me. I mean, I, my wife always says, you could be a manager. I'm like, well, I'm sitting on the couch. I'm not in that dugout. It's easy, <laughs> right? It's easy right here. That's <laughs> how we do easy. it. 
when you got to make that decision. That's how, that's how we do it as analysts, man. We always yeah. come up with what we would do, but that's why we just get a chance to talk about it. Yeah, what are you doing? Oh, it worked. Okay, that's good. Oh, way to go. The analytics told us to do it. That was, that was a great move. That was a great move. <laughs> Appreciate you, Zeke, and enjoy your Arizona Diamondbacks in the World Series, buddy. All right, Mike. Thank you. All right. Later. There he goes. My man, Greg Swindale. Zeke, as they call him. His Arizona Diamondbacks will take on the Texas Rangers in Arlington tomorrow night, 7.03, first pitch of the World Series. And what better way for you to enjoy that NBA action, hockey, and, of course, college football and NFL football than audiovisual consultations. That's my man, uh, Tom McKay and his crew. Give him a call, 512-255-8678 or go to abconsultations.com. They've been in business since 1988, and they can hook you up with the entire studio, whatever you need of your dreams, whether you want a, excuse me, a man cave or a she shed, make sure that Tom McKay and his crew comes out for you. They can help you up with video surveillance, whether you need outdoor or indoor lighting or making sure you got the right sound system. Or maybe you want a home theater. We got a chance to watch at our house last night the Equalizer on one of those great TVs by Tom McKay and his crew. Give them a call, 512-255-8678, or go to abconsultations.com. That's right, folks. We had a great interview. In case you missed it, Greg Swindell was on with us just a minute ago as his Arizona Diamondbacks will take on the uh, Texas Rangers in game one of the uh, World Series, Friday night, 7.03, first pitch. Zeke is excited about this because not only did he win a World Series, he got a chance to show us the trophy just a little bit ago. That was pretty damn cool. And it's going to be exciting to watch this weekend. Another thing that's going to be exciting to watch this weekend, and if you got a chance to watch it last night, was the debut of Wimby. That's right, Wimbenyama an opportunity to play basketball last night and a lot of folks were trying to figure out what is it about this young man so we all got a chance to see it it was quite impressive when you got a chance to watch him play his stat line wasn't that great and he got in a lot of foul trouble early in the game but one of the cool stats that I saw this morning was in his NBA debut his numbers mirrored exactly what Tim Duncan did in his first NBA game. I don't I don't make this stuff up, folks. I do not make this stuff up. He had 15 point or 16 points and I believe that's exactly what uh he had 15 points, two assists and he was 6 of 9 in his debut. You know what Tim Duncan did in his debut? He had 15 points, two assists and 6 of 9 from the field. I think you're going to be okay, folks. I think you're going to be okay. Unfortunately, they ended up losing the game to um, the Dallas Mavericks. And the reason why they lost to the Dallas Mavericks is, that's right, Luka Doncic. Luka doing Luka things, going out and balling out of control like he normally does, coming up with a big game in a big situation, and that's how he gets down. But as as San Antonio Spurs fans out there, are you nervous? Were you impressed? Were you sad about what you saw? Do you think the future is going to be okay and the future will be bright? I think it's going to be okay. I think he's going to be fine. The only problem is he's got to learn how to play without fouling. He's got to stop fouling. He was uh, three of five from the three-point line, which is really cool. 
but his plus minus was 50. He had a zero plus minus because he wasn't that uh, efficient yesterday. Five turnovers, five personal fouls, one block, two steals. I mean, he tried to fill up the stat line, but I think that they were trying to pull him away from being in the paint because they didn't want him to, um, excuse me, to affect shots. But Luka Doncic, being the player that he is, when it came down to crunch time, he went to work and did everything he needed to do to help his team get the victory. The one thing I will say about Luka is he's got to work on his three-point shooting. He was three of 11. I know it's early in the season. I'm not saying that this is what's going to happen. but the thing for me is you have to be able to play within this offense and him and Kyrie Irving between those two, they went 23 of 49. They took all the shots. It looked like Grant Williams did his job. He did what he was supposed to do. Had 17. His plus minus was plus two. So it was really, really, really cool to watch them play. And I know a lot of you are commenting about the world series and, and people that are part of it and who's in and who's out. But what I was saying, I know Nathan Uvalde, he's a a stud in the postseason, but they played in the GILF during COVID. This is the first time that this is the World Series is being played in the GILF since COVID. And it's the actual team that plays in the GILF. That is what I'm talking about. So those are the teams that were going in there. I know that a lot of these guys have uh, major, I mean, uh, World Series experience, but I'm thinking more about those that have actually played in the GILF. So we'll see. We'll see how this plays out. But yeah, last night, the Mavericks defeat the Spurs 126 to 119. The NBA debut for uh, Wimbenyama. And I think uh, you're going to be fine, fans, because San Antonio, you're going to do just fine. I'm just going to say that. The team played hard. There was a lot of energy. I know it was the very beginning of the season, but there was a lot of energy in that stadium. Uh, yesterday. I was quite impressed when I saw that. I don't know if you saw on social media too that uh, they left the scouting report outside of the locker rooms of, I mean, uh, the hotel rooms of the players and there were people walking down the hall that grabbed it, the scouting report (laughs) off the floor and posted it on social media. That's not to the extent of Michigan in their scouting. <laughs> I haven't even got into that, but I'll definitely bring that up a little bit later. And yes, Derek Lively uh, played well. He was very impressive for the Dallas Mavericks. That was something that you needed because uh, you know who I don't like? Pal for the Mavericks. How is he still on this team? How is he still uh, a contributor on that? I don't know, but he's not. I'm not a big fan of him and he didn't play last night because he had an illness so this might be a blessing in the skies for you guys when it's time for that to happen but the nba is in full effect mlb world series starts this weekend oh yeah i guess i gotta let you know because i know a lot of rockets fans were out there as well i'll let you know how your rockets did last night or did they not play last night hold on a second oh yeah they did they lost to the magic 116.86. Awful. Awful report. I mean, awful start to the Rockets in their new look, Houston Rockets. Yes, yesterday we had a bunch of people texting in talking about how they gotten better and how things started to look. I didn't think they got that much better. 
And obviously when you go and play at Orlando Magic, and I had this discussion with my 14-year-old son, or excuse me, 15, man, I'm sorry, buddy, 15-year-old son, um, he was telling me that that might be one of the better young basketball teams in the NBA. He's a basketball player, so he plays a lot more attention to all of these uh, uh, up-and-coming teams. I'm an old-school guy, so I'd I'd stay with the traditional teams. And I kind of look at these guys, and it's like, uh, when they start making their move, I'll pay a little bit more attention to them. But he really likes what the Orlando Magic has been able to do. And they have been a one of the younger teams that we need to probably start playing attention to. Uh, in just a few moments, we're going to have my man Tevin Mims, Coach Tevin Mims, jump on with us to talk uh, BYU and the uh, Texas Longhorns. The news just came out. Sark is having his press conference right now. The news came out that Malik Murphy, shocking, will be the starting quarterback uh, for this weekend as they get ready to play against the BYU Cougars. And to me, that's no surprise. I think Malik, like I've told you before throughout this process, uh, Malik has been here the longest. He understands the offense a little bit more. Not saying that Arch Manning's not going to play because I firmly believe he is going to play. But at the end of the day, you got to start looking at what's best for this team. This team is six and one. They're still in the driver's seat. They still want to be in a uh, position to be in the playoffs. They want to play for a Big 12 championship. And you still need to go out there to perform at a very high level. And not saying that Sark is, is, is not looking at Arch Manning and understanding that Arch might be the second coming of whoever else you want him to be. But at the end of the day, you got to do what's best for your football team and for your opportunity to to continue to endure yourself to this fan base. And with that being said, I believe that he has been able to do so. So for me, what Sark is doing, the announcement, it's not a shock, but it's what happens throughout the process. Is Sark going to open up this offense to a Malik Murphy? Is Sark going to steal as we talked about, even with Quinn in the offense and running the team, we still believe that the game should have been won and lost on the ground with a Jonathan Brooks. C.J. Baxter is now back, and he looks healthy and ready to roll. He looks quicker than what he did earlier in the season. I think he understands the college game a little bit more. And he's going up against a defense, the running defense of, of BYU, that ranks 70, 78th or 79, excuse me, in all of college football. So this is an opportunity for them to still have their game plan, but I always thought the game plan should have run through Jonathan Brooks in the running game. Let me tell you about my friends over at Quick Roofing. We're getting a lot of rain today. Let me just tell you, you probably need to take the time to have those guys come out because the the one thing you don't want to have happen is finding out that you have a bunch of leaks. So do yourself a favor, go to the number 4RoofsTX.com and have them come out for you. They got over 15 years of experience, affordable pricing, and a quick response time. They are thorough and very trustworthy. I've used them for my homes. I've got my neighbors to do them. I've got my family members to use them, and they could not be happier. You know if I'm working with them, you should too. They won't disappoint you. I promise you that. They got project managers that are on site every single time to make sure you get everything that you were promised. So what you waiting for? 
Reach out today and give them a call at 512-520-5884. That's 512-520-5884 or the number 4ROOFSTX. We're going to transition. We're going to talk a little bit more about this football team and this football game. And we're going to give a shout out to Texas State because they are one win away from being bowl eligible. He's a former Longhorn and he was a coach as well. His last stop on the coaching scene was at Texas State where he was with the Texas State Bobcats. He's a former Stony Point Tiger. So, you know, he's going to bring the noise. That's how he gets down. He's been on with me before. He's going to continue to jump on with me and break down this football team and these football games. He is the one and only, my man, Tevin Mims. What up, Coach? Yo, yo, what's going on, Mike? How you doing, man? Good, man. I'm good. Thanks for taking the time this morning, man. How's everything been going for you? Man, hey, I can't complain. Just trying to stay out there rain today, man. That's all. No, man. I've been out there a little while ago, and your boy was soaked. So, you know, I thought <laughs> I tiptoed through the water, if you know what I mean. That's how I, I get down. You. You ready for this? You ready for this weekend, my friend? Let's get it, man. What's happening? That's what I'm talking about. So we're going to sit here and talk about this football team. Uh, You know, I want to get your thoughts on this Texas defense because right now everybody's been talking about the the defensive front that has been raising hell. I mean, they only gave up, I believe, 14 yards on the ground last week to U of H. That was pretty much non-existent. But the secondary, the secondary part of this, is is what has been troubling. Donovan Smith went for over 378 yards, career high, three touchdowns. He threw that one pick that was more like a punt uh, when Michael Tapp went back there and received that. But he was attacking our secondary, and the one route that continues to give the University of Texas trouble is those crossing routes. Absolutely. What have you seen on your scouting report and, and checked out as you've been watching these games? So, man, I was actually at the game last week just watching it live from the sideline. First time being able to see Texas play live, actually see their players, see their personnel in person. And from the eye test, man, it's, it's, they're actually really, really, really impressive. They look like a, they look like a championship football team. All right, but uh, kind of going back to what you're saying, man, I um, think the front is solid, really good on their D-line. Uh, I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but that D-line play, allowed them to be able to go make a play at the end of the game on that fourth and ones. Obviously, right. Houston, they ended up running a sprint out. We talking about it on the sideline. Like, that's a bonehead play call. But if you're taking away the run game, holding guys to 14 yards, I mean, what else are you going to do in that situation on the fourth and one? You ain't going to hand the ball off. They ran a sprint out. Texas was able to get off the field and win the game. But going back to their secondary and their back end, um, it's just a lot of youth still back there in that end. Uh, as you look at guys like Jade, uh, really outside of him, I, I think he's probably, what, the most experienced guy coming back in that secondary. Yeah. Uh, as you look at uh, when the game was on the line, high-pressure situations, that's where those guys were attacked at, and that's where the, that's where their weak point is, all right? But not, not anything to say against their players, against their personnel, but just from an experience standpoint, it shows once, once the game kind of goes down to the wire. But... Um, they just got to continue to improve. They're, they're doing a good job being able to get those young guys, uh, getting their legs fresh early within this season. Obviously, they'll get better, but um, that's gonna that's got to be a focal point going into this last – this the remainder of the season, obviously, with the quarterback play being down. Exactly. And, then, you know, you talk about that. And other teams, you are, you are a coach, so you would get tendencies. You would see different things. And then if you saw a weakness, you would implement – what you saw for your defense to be able to attack them in that same spot until they show you that they can adjust to it. So 
moving forward, you would think looking at a team like BYU, they run a lot of crunch crossing routes. They run a lot of stacks and bunches and try to confuse you with the looks. And then you look at next week, you got K-State, then you got TCU, you got Texas. You got teams that are going to implement this until you prove that you can stop them. How do you you correct those in practice in such a short period of time? Man, honestly, you just got to continue to drill what was killing you in the games because obviously if we see it, especially in a a league like the Big 12, super copycat league Mm -hmm. where a lot of those offenses are the same, you're going to get a lot of those same wrinkles. Texas got to find a way to be able to plug those holes. They got they got to be able to patch that up because they're going to see that for the rest of the season. But going back to how you correct it, it's just continuing to drill it, continuing to see it in practice until you can't get it wrong. Right. Now, we're talking to Tevin Mims. He's former coach of the uh, Texas State Bobcats, uh, multiple teams, Texas Tech. He's been all over the place. He's a former mm-hmm. Longhorn. And, of course, he's a former Stony point tiger i always got to bring that up because we got a lot of central texas folks that remember when you was dogging them out over yes there sir at stony point when y'all was acting a donkey out yes, there sir. all the time so i want to make sure that they understand where it originated from no doubt so, i wanted to ask you this you know we talked about the, the the situation on the defensive side in the secondary i think another big piece of it is ryan watts was being out so you got some young guys and maybe pk's comfortability when a Watts is in the game, kind of changes the way that he will call a game when there's a Terrence Brooks or Malik Muhammad out there. And then you look on the back end, you got Derek Williams, who has been playing for Jalen Catalan. Hopefully, I haven't seen the scouting – I mean, the latest, because they have the presser right now, so I haven't seen all the injury information. But if a Jalen Catalan is back, if a Ryan Watts is back, does that change the – the way that you might see PK call his defense? Absolutely. And, I, and I'm just speaking from experience, you know, uh, you know, as a defensive guy, as a defensive coach, you always want to be able to put yourself in the coordinator's mind. So, you know, you got a weak point on that field as best as you can in terms of your play calling, you want to be able to try to hide that weakness, if that yeah. makes sense. So just like what you're saying, if he, he has a full roster, he gets Jalen back, he gets Watts back, uh, I think he'll feel a lot more comfortable, even if it is uh, maybe a guy who isn't as strong as those guys out there on the field with him because he has those guys out there to be able to pick him up, kind of cover him up. Uh, but, yeah, I, I agree. It does it does change your approach in terms of your play calling because you feel like if you, got, you don't have your starters out there that's used to being able to go out there with your ones or even your secondary guys, you got maybe you got a third rotational guy in there, you'll feel a little handcuffed in terms of what you can call in terms of being productive on the field, you know what I mean. So, uh, I, I think if he's able to get those guys back, man, I think I think it changes a lot in terms of his approach in the game. And it helps too that you get to play at home. You'll be on the side. You mean you'll be in a better and that is, that's on your side. And that is huge as well, man. Because I've actually gone to BYU. It's not a tough. It's not an easy place to go win. I'm just gonna tell y'all that right now. Granted, they had Zach Wilson and. And my man, that's uh, the running back that's playing for the, uh, the Falcons. Yep. Like they yep. have some really good players, but at the same time, just the environment, you up in the mountains, it's, it's, it's high altitude. It's a lot of factors that's going to go against your way. So Texas being able to go play this game at home, I believe it's going to help them as well. And they had Puka out there too, that wide receiver that was lighting y'all up too. Yes. Y'all yeah. hey. I remember that trip. I was like, you got that money, but man, it was not worth it sometimes. And Texas got the wrath of that before, too. I totally yeah. understand that. 
So, T, I wanted to ask you this. You know, we talk about the other side of the football. You've been in those coaching meetings. You you understand what it's like when you have to get a different quarterback into the game. It puts pressure on you as a defensive player because you want to make sure that you're protecting your quarterback. Can't play as free. Can't play as loose. But right now, Texas losing Quinn Ewers uh, now has to turn to Malik Murphy. You know as well as I do, whatever school you at. The most popular player on the team ain't the starting quarterback. It's the backup quarterback because everybody <laughs> thinks it's easy to play that damn position. No so doubt. they don't even care about it. But now we got Malik Murphy. People have been clamoring for him. Uh, obviously, uh, he's been a big part of staying. Big thing was him staying here because he was being recruited by everybody out of the portal. They wanted him to jump in the portal to go somewhere else. Well, now it's his show as a coach. How do you address this? Do you go back to be conservative? I think that even if he, if Quinn Ewers was there, you still needed to run the ball. You no, still no. always you've been effective with that. But what 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 goes into the coach's mind as far as protecting uh, their young quarterback? So the key, the key for Malik, man, is just being able to make him feel comfortable as early as they can in the ball game. So just being able, he might hand it off a few times. They might hit him with a, a few RPOs, some short throws, just so he can get it just so he can get a rhythm before they start to open it up and take some shots. But even with a guy like Malik still being inexperienced, he is a good player. He is going to do some great things down the road, but going into this game, I think they got to, I think they got to rely on their defense as much as they can and try to keep it as simple as they can for the quarterback. Yeah. That's what everybody keeps thinking about, but everybody also looking at that big old arm that he got over there, looking like looking like Jamarcus Russell, the good Jamarcus Russell. No doubt, no doubt. They don't want that. They don't want the bust, Jamarcus Russell. They want the arm. So let me ask you this: You know, you're right about the RPOs and looking at it and trying to kind of keep control of everything. But then you also look at it with the arm strength and the speed that Texas have. They still have all those weapons. I oh, mean, absolutely. Weapons don't change. They, they, they are still there. But now you got a different type of quarterback. The feel of the game might be a little bit different. The, mm-hmm. the cause of the game and what he's looking for. If you're on the defensive side and put your, put your coaching hat on for BYU, what are you mm-hmm. going to try to do to confuse him to kind of make it where it's going to be? He may see something one way, but then he flips out the other way. Man, to me, for, for BYU, is all about their pre-snap shell. As much as they can disguise and move around pre-snap, even if they get into the same plays, it's going to put yeah. a lot on their quarterback. So things that he's seen in practice, they got to have a couple wrinkles going into this game just just for when Malik, when Malik is back there holding the ball. Right. But in my mind, I think they got to attack those guys early, try to get a couple negative plays. Uh, try to get Texas in some uh, some positions to where they have to throw the ball, and then I can truly have some fun. But uh, just early on, man, is just being able to disguise their looks pre-snap, give them a little bit of confusion, blitz a little bit early, just so he ha- just so he's able to feel the speed of the game, the hits, and things like that. But uh, I-, I think it's I think it's more or less just pre-snap, just giving them as, as many different looks as they can, just to be able to throw them off. No doubt about it. I expect a I expect a good game by Malik. I think he's been waiting for this moment. I think his I preparation is there. I, I think agree. that he knows that there are some doubt out there, and as a competitor, you want to you want to erase the doubt immediately. He still does have to stay within himself. Can't get too hyped about the situation and understand that hey, you do have a lot of guys that are talented out here with you. 
that will be able to guide you. And from all accounts, and I know sometimes as players we have to say the right things, but when you see these guys talk about Malik, they seem very, very genuine Uh, with the love that they have for him. Nothing but high praise coming from the locker room, and at the end of the day, that's what you want. Like, even with Malik, as you've seen him throughout the season, yeah, the focus point been on on yours. But every time that they come to the sideline in a huddle, Malik is right behind yours, uh, talking them up, giving them advice, telling them things that he sees as well. So the kid, you can tell he's very in tune with the game. I'm excited to see what he does with a full week of practice under his belt, him as a starter, him getting all the, him getting all the reps, him being able to take all the, uh, all the film in and things like that, knowing that he's going into the game to go win it. And just to see what he does, because obviously, man, you look at where, when he got in the game in Houston, you saw some early throws. I'm like, man, that's a nice throw, but it's just a little off track. You know what I mean? But yeah, him going into this game, I, I do expect a good game by this kid, man. And I'm excited to see what he does. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. It'll all happen this Saturday, 2.30, uh, big game, and it'll be exciting to watch. Another team that is exciting to watch this year is your Texas State Bobcats. The Bobcats yeah. are out there. Balling out of control this weekend. They will take on Troy, the Trojans. You you coached against those guys. It's homecoming weekend. They're, they, when is the last time that we said the Texas State Bobcats are at the top of the Western Division in trying to get themselves into uh, a bowl game for the first time in a very, very long time? It's, it's big time, yo. And, and with these guys being able to play Troy, I know for us, the highs and lows that we had down there, man, Troy was always a game and went down to the wire. Just so you guys know, Troy traditionally has good players. Those kids <laughs> get dra- those kids get drafted over there. There's, I mean, I was just watching Hard Knocks, and there was a receiver that was on there uh, from Mississippi State, and it was one from uh, from Troy as well that was playing with the Jets. Yep. But, uh, really good players. Uh, I honestly believe if, if they're able to knock off Troy this weekend, I think they can roll throughout the conference. It'll be really good for Texas State to be able to uh, get to that bowl game. Hats off for GJ for, for going down there and doing a great job with those kids. But uh, I'm I'm excited for him, man. I want to keep I want to see him keep doing well and winning. Yeah, GJ is one of those guys. He's he's up for Coach of the Year awards oh, yeah. and all kinds of things. Uh, a lot of people didn't realize because everybody was focused on what Colorado was doing with Deion Sanders. But GJ did the same thing with bringing in a bunch of transfers. I think the number was only off by like a couple uh, from what Colorado was doing. But he was doing it on a lower scale. But this right here, the way that he went out and got a good quarterback, a quarterback room, and I believe that was something that my boy Jake, he just was – he thought he had the right ones, but the way that everything was progressing during that time, it just didn't seem to work. Now it's more wide open. You're getting different levels. Yep. of these uh, 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 transfers, and it's going to be an exciting, exciting time. Think about this. They get a, they get to qualify for a bowl game before the Texas A&M Aggies qualify Dude, for a bowl game. That's crazy to think about. <laughs> I, literally, I was just going to say that before the Aggies. <laughs> but, man, just, just think about the ball that will be in this area, though, man, if they're able to keep G.J. down there, if they're able to keep him. Just think about how the ball is going to progress, right? You got you got Texas right down the street. You got Texas State here as well. Uh, you see all the construction that's, that's going on in between basically Austin and San Antonio. It's going to be an exciting time in these, in these next few years, especially with Texas being able to go to the SEC. Yeah, I'm excited for it all, and I can't wait to see 
I would all it, this weekend if both of these teams win, there's gonna be a party somewhere. Oh, it's gonna be a, hey, it's gonna be a good weekend, dog. <laughs> it's, gonna it's gonna be, be a, a damn weekend. good weekend. Yeah, I appreciate you jumping on with me, man. We'll do it again next week, and we'll chop Always, it up. Man. And, and uh, I can't wait to uh, see how this game progresses, especially with the uh, arrival of Malik Murphy. I appreciate you, dog. You know it's always love, baby. I'll see you next week. All right, appreciate it. There he goes. My man, Tevin Mims, coming through, as always, breaking it down like no other. And I saw a lot of you have agreed with him on some of the things that he was talking about because I, too, agree with him. And I've been talking about it. Now you get all these reps. You get all all the reps right there, and the quarterback room is it. I talked about it yesterday. I said, when you start thinking about this, you start thinking about the practice time that you're now going to get where you now become the guy that is getting all the first team reps. You're getting all the focus, all the film time, all of – I mean, I know that they were sprinkling in Arch because you have to. you got to make sure that Arch is ready in case Malik goes down, gets hit, and be able to uh, dinged up for a play, maybe two. Because you know that BYU older team is going to be coming in. They're a very physical football team. The numbers will tell you something different, though, when you start looking at BYU and what they've done this year and how they've gone about some of these numbers. And and I'll get into them a little bit more tonight and tomorrow. But you start looking at this team and, and what the games that they've won and what they've lost and how they've gone about it. This Texas team is in a good position. And this is a good position, I, I'll tell you, because this is a good opportunity for him to be able to go out there and play and play at a very high level. But as we talked about before, the run game is the most important part of this. You still need to be able to run the ball, and that's the way this team has been out there. So if you look at their record, they have gone out there. Their BYU is 5-2, and 2-2 two, two and two in the Big 12, but they, are, they played Sam Houston, Southern Utah, They beat Arkansas. They lost to Kansas. They beat Cincinnati. They got beat down by TCU, 44 to 11. And then they just beat Tech last week at their homecoming. So it is is a different type of football team. And I can't wait to see how this game is going to play out. We'll find out more on the injury fronts here in just a little bit because Sark has had his presser today and so we'll learn a little bit more as we get into it something else that i want to talk about is my friends over at pest wranglers pestwranglers.com is where you need to go for all your pest control needs it's a locally owned small family business that's been around since 2006 and this basic principle of great customer service leads to happy customers that's why pest wranglers won't make you sign a contract because they believe if you're a happy customer why would you leave especially when they've got five-star ratings on Google, Yelp, Angie's List, and all referral sites. The company was started by the owner who was tired of companies that didn't know how to treat their employees and their customers properly. And you know if I'm working with them, they got to get that right. Pest Wrangler services most of the Central Texas area. If you're needing help with mosquitoes, termites, rodent control, or you need inspections done for your residential or commercial properties. They also have pool services too. So if you can't get your good cabana boy taken care of, call my folks over at Pest Wranglers at 512-670-7808. That's 512-670-7808. Or you can go to the uh, website, 
at pestwranglers.com. There's going to be a lot that I'm going to get into tomorrow. I'm going to talk about college football. There's an NFL game tonight. I'll recap that game as the Buffalo Bills host Baker Baker, touchdown maker, uh, not money maker, uh, Bucky, as Bucky likes to say. But that'll be an interesting game. The Bills are favored, I believe, by seven and a half tonight, which uh, I don't know. How do you feel about that? I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that. But, yeah, I, I know that the Buffalo Bills are pissed off because they lost – to the Patriots this past weekend, Bill Belichick um, found a way to beat them in the last. And even Mac Jones, who Mac Jones did his thing uh, this weekend, which was really shocking when you think about it. But they got that done as well. So I'm excited to see that uh, Ryan Wingo, the wide receiver out of St. Louis, Missouri, that everybody thought was going to end up going to Missouri. Shout out to the wide receiver coach, Chris Jackson, former NFL player, former NFL coach. So if you want to get to the next level and you're seeing the way Sark's offense is featuring these wide receivers, you might want to come to the University of Texas. Add into the fact that you got Quinn Ewers, Malik Murphy, and of course, Arch Manning throwing you the football. That means you got a chance to put up some good numbers. So shout out to the Texas Longhorns getting a five-star uh, recruitment wide receiver to come to the University of Texas. Shout out to those guys and uh, shout out Texas One Fund. I know that they ain't got nothing to do with it yet, but I'm sure they're going to be just fine when everything gets going. We'll have more from Sark's press conference from today as well. We'll break that down as we lead into the weekend. But I also want to talk about this. Right now, there's also a press conference going on with my man, Dusty Baker. And I meant to get uh, Greg Swindell's thoughts on Dusty Baker, but I'm going to share my thoughts of Dusty Baker. What Dusty Baker has done for Major League Baseball, the professional game, and African-Americans like myself has given a lot of people a lot of hope. He's been around the game for so long. I believe that since he got to professional baseball, it's been 3% of, of his life. And that sounds like a small number, but it's a huge number when you think about the game and what he's brought to the game. Let's not forget, he was on deck when Hank Aaron broke the home run record. He was the first one. He said he invented the high five. And as a manager, he's done an unbelievable job. He's been able to c communicate with all types of people in this game. Black, white, red, brown, it does not matter. Dusty Baker is uh, one of those guys that you're glad to be around. And if you know him, you're glad that you know him. And he's always been able to associate with every generation of baseball player. My man had a toothpick in his mouth. He had gloves on in the dugout. And, of course, he wore his own wristbands. That's right. Those wristbands that he was wearing, that was his face that was on it. You talk about cool of cool, Dusty Baker is that to me. And for our baseball game, the baseball community was better because Dusty Baker was a part of it. Um, he's seen the tough times. Like I said, he was there when, when, when Hank Aaron was getting death threats. He was seen all those times when Barry Bonds was going through the steroid era. He's been a Chicago Cubs manager, Washington national manager. He's led teams to pennants. He's led team, or excuse me, to championships, not World Series. He's got that first one last year as the Houston Astros were going through their turmoil. Coming off of that scandal, 
He was the right one because everybody liked Uncle Dusty. You got to get that down and you got to understand. I know that uh, Astros fans always giving Dusty shit and I understand it. I mean, we're critical of everything that we do. We're critical of all of the folks that are involved in the game. We get it. I understand it. But when you sit there and you look at what Dusty Baker was able to bring to the organization, to Major League Baseball, his time, his effort, his commitment to being great, his mindset of talking to these younger players and educating them, making them understand what the people before them went through to get there. There's been strikes. There's been work stoppages. There's been things that have gone on in the game. There's been a steroid era. There's been cheating scandals. There's been so many things that have been a part of this game that this man has been able to see. He doesn't deserve, he doesn't, he does not apologize for anything, nor should he. His resume is impeccable. He's got 2,183 wins in the regular season, which is seventh most. He won division titles with five different teams. He did it in both leagues, by the way. And the fact that he was a finally a champion after being there. I know a lot of people are going to talk about the fact that he never won a game seven. Hell, I understand it. But you have to be able to get to a game seven. And that's what my man Dusty Baker was able to do. He's one of those dudes that you got to be proud of. And if you don't respect him, you need to check yourself. I will tell you that. He's, he's one of those guys that definitely should be celebrated. So last night I was asked by a couple people, what, uh, who do I think will have the opportunity to be the manager of the um, Houston Astros? Who's next? Well, I think it's going to be Jose Espada. He's already been with the team. He's been groomed by Dusty Baker. He's been in the dugout. He's been the bench coach. When Dusty got thrown out, he was the one that was standing right next to him trying to, you know, let him have his peace. But then, hey, Dust, we need you. We need you. We need to get this game back in place. Um, I think he might be the guy that's next in line. Brad Osmus. Brad Osmus is somebody to think about. He's a veteran manager, and he was an Astro catcher. Um Walt Weiss and Eric Young are two other guys that had has history with Dana Brown. So don't be surprised if any of those guys' names kind of jump out. I'm going to tell you real quick who the hell I don't want there. I don't want Buck Showalter. I don't want Mark Kotze. And I damn sure don't want Joe Madden. But what I do want is to make sure that you get my guys, Trey and BK, coming up next because they're going to be midday with Trey and BK. I'm your boy, Harbaugh Harge. I want to thank y'all for tuning in, as always. We had a great show. If you missed any part of it, he's going to make sure uh, BK is going to have that thing podcasted. My man, uh, Greg Swindell, pulled out his trophy. Hey, his actual World Series trophy, guys. Don't freak out. I know how you two guys in the background think about when people pull out something. I don't want y'all talking about that. He pulled out his trophy. But as always, I appreciate y'all enjoying the day. Don't believe everything you see, because even salt looks like sugar. Peace. Coming up next is the comparable midday with Trey and BK as they move themselves into the spotlight.